So this Thursday, I got together with um, my two partners in crime, founding members of Theater 33, Tom Nabhan, who's the executive director, and Rachel Kinsman-Steck, who's a lighting and sound designer and production manager for us, and myself, Susan Coromel, who is the artistic director. And we were sitting around reminiscing um, about our our origin story, actually. Um, how did we get started? And, and it's it's kind of a fun story, although it's a different story between the three of us. We all have a different memory of, of how it went, right? And um, so I'd let Tom start off with um, how we started. Well, we, uh, <laughs> I'd been going to Willamette uh, Productions, theater productions for about 12 years and always impressed with, uh, with the quality of uh, production values, the acting and everything. It's just a terrific program. And, uh, became friends with uh, the, the Willamette Theater professors. And, and we, would, we would often talk about why, why the seats were not filled with productions being so such high quality. And um, over and over, the answer I keep getting from these professors was town and gown. This is a phenomenon which, uh, which is, the description is that uh, people are afraid to, or nervous to come on campus because they don't know where to go. How do I find the theater, the buildings? Do I have to take a test? Uh, all these, all these kind of silly fears, which are which which are real, and uh, and this is not a phenomena just uh, that that Willamette only suffers from. And so we were we've been thinking over the years how do we combat this this town and gown uh, a problem? And so finally, I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was over a couple of glasses of wine or scotch at a, at somebody's house after a show. But we, we, we decided uh, to, why not start a theater, a uh, quasi-professional theater that we would use the facilities of Willamette Theater in, uh, when, when it's dark in the summer and maybe in, in December. And uh, we'd market the heck out of this, this theater and try to get people to come on campus for the first time so that they would... Uh, They'd come. They'd know where to go. They, they'd come back, hopefully, and see Willamette uh, Theater Productions, other great uh, artistic venues that uh, the that the Willamette has to offer. And so uh, there it is. We decided to start the theater. So the first idea that that uh, sprang out of that was a brilliant one by my wife Susan. She 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 suggested that we that we develop new work. Uh, exclusively develop new work, and um, and that would also be a great fit with the academic environment of a university. Then Rachel, uh, whose very community uh, involvement uh, prone, um, suggested that we we only produce plays written by Northwest playwrights and Oregon playwrights. That uh, so that we could be uh, we could be in uh, community based on all sorts of different levels from small to large. In other words, uh, we would uh, we would we could help uh, Willamette University. We would be offering a unique uh, product for uh, for Salem and local Willamette uh, Valley uh, patrons, and also on a larger scale. We would serve Oregon and the Northwest by helping these artists 
uh, regional artists get their work produced and also feature work that often was uh, uh, depicted Oregon and Northwest uh, history themes and culture. Um, so um, the, the mission was born. And then, uh, we, then we needed a name. And we, we went through uh, quite, a, quite an ordeal of coming up with a name. And uh, I came up with the first few bad ones and really pushed to have them be the, the, the final winner. And then, but thankfully, uh, I, was, uh, I was trumped by, uh, by Susan and she came up with the name and maybe she can tell us how she came up with that. I came up with the name because uh, Oregon was the 33rd state to join the union. And I uh, thought something that would be um, community-based, uh, regional, um, but still uh, curious, you know, what is this Theater 33? And so, oddly enough, there is another Theater 33 in the, this United States. And um, I, I looked it up, it's a, it's a Christian children's theater. <laughs> so <laughs> you won't confuse us with that though, when you Google us, theater33.org. Um, well, yeah, so we, we decided on new plays, but prior to new plays, we were, I mean, there was a moment, Tom, where you were imagining us opening a Shakespeare festival right here in the, in the capital city. And, um, that, that didn't last long. Well, there were other companies doing, uh, doing summer Shakespeare. Uh, there was one, there was one in town. There was another one who, who went to vineyards and performed in vineyards and, and, um, yeah, you know, it, well, it, we would have been the third one locally, and uh, that that wouldn't have been so great because what we finally decided on was really filled a uh, a niche gap in, uh, and because no one else is doing what we're doing, no one else is exclusively producing new work, no one else, uh, certainly in the Northwest. And I don't know if anyone else, there may be some companies in the country that are doing this, but I don't know of any other company in the entire country who exclusively produces new work and uh, only produces regional uh, playwrights. We may be the only one, not sure, but could be. So uh, I thought, I thought this, uh, this mission was a, really, was a really unique one and and one that is in competition with nobody else locally or or regionally regionally um and so we were all really excited about kind of um um breaking new ground and and our first season was was well, very uh very scant our first season we i i remember rachel you saying let's just do something let's let's just do something, get something done. And, and, um, so we knew our mission was new play development. Um, but that m would have meant that we'd have to find playwrights who had a play that was ready to be developed. Um, and that was a little hard to do because it was May at this point and we were trying to get something for June. So I called some, some playwriting friends and got some names of people to call and had conversations with um, three very generous playwrights. And our first season was born not of new plays, new, well, new plays, but plays that had been worked on and developed 
elsewhere and plays that have already been produced elsewhere. Um, and so our first season we did uh, Dear Galileo by Claire Willett. That was more development than any of them um, because at that point Claire had not yet had the play produced, but it was on its way um, to Coho uh, that fall. And then we did Antarcticos, which is a beautiful play by Andrea Stolowitz that has been done. I think it was original, uh, don't quote me on this. I don't remember where it's been produced, but it had been produced prior to us doing a reading of it. And then uh, Steve Patterson's Immaterial Matters also had been produced um, prior. So these were plays that didn't fit quite into the mission that we finally um, came up with as, as we developed. But it was wonderful. All three uh, very talented organ playwrights um, who came down and, and, and sat in the room with us and worked on their plays with us. And it gave us the, uh, it helped us sh kind of shape how we were going to proceed because um, we had, in those days, we did four quick and dirty rehearsals and staged the darn thing and with rehearsal blocks and cubes and, 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 and people bringing in props that, personal props that they needed to use. And we had a wonderful core of student actors from Willamette that, that were willing to jump in and just do about anything. And- um, Yeah, it was really bare bones. I mean, lights went up, lights went down. And <laughs> so, well, there were no lights in our first season. There were no lights. That's what I mean. You turn the lights on and you yeah, turn right. them off. Yeah. And I was yeah. gonna say that, that that first season really kind of hit home what we were going for too, because if I remember correctly, the the first couple of pieces, we didn't even really get on the feet too much. Mm -hmm. There was still stand music stands and, and blocks, right? For and, Antarcticos, that was music stands for sure. Yeah. 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 The other one had some rough blocking. Yeah, and then some. we we'd put in some rough blocking and then we thought, wow, there's really something here to this rough blocking we need. But if we're going to do this rough blocking and we're using these, you know, rehearsal cubes, We've we've got to add a little bit of light or a little bit of something, right? Costume, sound, or whatever. And right. so then, remember year number two. I remember, um, you know, we we didn't really have any designers, so we're just just kind of running around things. And and Susan, I'm on the telephone with you, telling you how to turn on the lighting board. Right, I know. <laughs> and then and then we like became clear that like we actually needed a little bit of focus and design with the lighting. And so we come in, but then like Susan and I are in the booth, one of us running lights and one of us running sound or whatever. We didn't have a stage manager. And then we thought, Oh no, we really need to do this. If we're going to do this, we need to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, we had, we had these great caliber of actors starting to come in and work with us and some really phenomenal playwrights that we need, we wanted to step up that game. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Tom really came up, I think it was Tom, maybe it was Susan, one, one of the two of you or both of you together came up with that, that we're, what is it? Book in hand performances. Script in hand. Yeah. Our yeah. signature script in hand performance. Yeah. That's and, and then, it, and then it just all came together. We started hiring designers um, and they were designers from all over. We have a phenomenal uh, resident designer and, and Rob Vaughn. And, and then some student designers were able to come in who had just recently graduated. Um, we had a student who's um, from Vancouver, Washington, but had done his work down in Southern California and came up as a graduate from after the year he graduated and, and did some work with us. And it's just been, it's been super fun to collaborate with new artists, right? Uh, from right. all over. Yeah, and, from then, and then beginning to build those 
the program and really craft the production and design elements. And I also think that might be fairly unique for as early on in the process as we're pulling scripts. I don't know. I think it is unique. I think if, if um, as Tom was saying, we're the only ones doing it, I would say there's a lot of new play development companies out there, but I don't think they're going as far with um, the the technical design elements as we are. But I think there's something really great about having the designers and the director and the actors in the room with the playwright, because then you you really allow some playwrights see space perfectly and and you can just pull off the page exactly what what is needed and some playwrights don't work in space very well and 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 having them in the room and letting them see how the set is going to develop of course we're limited because our theater space is smaller and we wouldn't do what they're going to get to have done at a major regional theater but we are allowing them to see their play three-dimensionally and um and you know the scripts are in hand but the rehearsals have have deepened and and I think that the what was once four rehearsals I think moved to six rehearsals and then each year we're now we're at um, two week rehearsals before the uh, and six performances where we were just four rehearsals and one performance at the very beginning. Yeah, and I know that we're going one of our podcasts later in, on in the summer is going to talk with uh, several of our designers about what it's like to be a. Uh, designing for a new play. And it's interesting because I think there's even a difference between designing for a new play and designing for a play in development, right? The script is constantly changing Mm -hmm. um, and you're getting new pages. So what that means for our production managers and the experiences that it gives production, our young production managers and our young stage managers is really phenomenal as well in terms of, of, you know, communicating back and forth. And we, you know, I think up until I did this, unless I started, unless I was like specifically doing a device piece or new work, I, I didn't have contact with playwrights like I do now and, and learning their process and being involved in process. Um, I, I think at first it was like, Whoa, what did I get myself into? And now it's just super exciting to watch her play grow and change. And then how my, how my side of the, the designs have to grow and change as well. And I, I find that they're so much richer. Mm-hmm all the way through, you know, and, and where we end up is so much richer, even if it is going to change as the, as the play goes to its next place, you just like the, the, the challenges it presents, I think, and I don't know from the acting side, Susan, you've, you've performed in a handful of these, like, what, how do you feel about that? And Tom, you definitely have performed in a lot of these. He's the, he's like, uh, it can be challenging. Um, you know, um, some, some actors, um, what I, what I try to do is I try to, I try to be off book completely. Other actors, uh, you know, will, will in, embrace the script in hand. I'll carry the script, but I'll try to, I'll try to have it all memorized. And so sometimes, uh, because those changes are always coming, you know, the rewrites are coming fast and furious and often. And so you feel, sometimes you feel like, oh, okay, I've got that piece. I've just nailed it. I know exactly how I want to do it. It feels right. It's great. And then, and then in the next rehearsal, you get a rewrite of that, of that, uh, of that piece that you did. And so then you've got to, you know, got to adapt. And, and uh, so it, it, it's, it's fun and challenging and, and it can be a little, it can be, a, it can be challenging. Yeah. I was just thinking uh, about you that. you got to stay on your toes and be uh, flexible and be able to uh, roll with it. And make really, make really specific choices 
early in the process. And actors like to, you know, most actors, they get four to five weeks of rehearsals and, you know, long days. And we, we don't have that. They just, they get in there and they make their choices and they, they, they play things, they play action full out so the playwright can really get a sense of what, what is really happening in their script. But I think, you know, what's lovely about what we do also is that the, the playwright, you know, is the center of our company in many ways, um, but they're the most lonesome, right? They, they, they create their work uh, alone in their room, they do, I suppose, in their office, wherever they're writing. And they have, I mean, they've done research, perhaps they've talked to people that are inspiring their text, but, but they really are by themselves. And theater is, is such a collaborative process that um, allowing the, the playwright to, to be a part of that collaboration, I think is really rewarding for everyone. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking about that, that, that idea of collaboration in the playwright and how we center a lot of work um, when we're not doing new plays, right? The, the work often centers around the vision of the director. And when you're working on a new play and the playwright's in the room with you, right? There's this presence that's, that shifts and changes and asks us to collaborate differently. And I, I, I think it's just such a profound experience for folks. Like it, it gives us a, a whole sense of new skills and new artistry and, and new ways of communicating and, and, and collaborating that I think um, are so valuable moving forward. I, and, you know, like Tom, you're talking about, you, you make that, or Susan says you make those specific choices so early and Tom, you're like, you're trying to memorize the script and you get something completely different, right? Because the playwright was in the room, saw what you were working on, and it's like, oh God, that's not working. I'm going to change that. And and so that, that sense of ownership, and the same thing happens in design, right? If I'm a sound designer, I'm working with you in re, you know rehearsals, even if I'm not in rehearsals, I'm working daily with you. And usually you're like, okay, that great. That works. That, that's going to work. That's going to be great. And then you get a whole new set of pages and you're like, whoa, right? So our ownership has to change. Um, and the focus changes. And I think it, I, I think it's such a positive thing. I think it, it's, it's asking us to think about theater differently um, than maybe the way we were trained um, in, in the United States or even in like Great Britain area where yeah. the direct, where it becomes so director focused. I, I mean, mean, we honor I mean, the playwright, but the playwright's not in the room. Right. Right. All of, all of the artists are, are taking part in creating this art. All Together. Of, all of, yeah. All of them. And it's in real time. It's, it's almost like, uh, you're taking the, the the inside the imagination and 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 brain of a playwright and and it's manifesting itself in 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 a lot of really good artists actively carrying it carrying it out together collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and still and, each and doing audience, our own role, right? Yeah. And the audience also has a play uh, plays a role in it too in the talkbacks. I mean, I, I, a lot of suggestions audience members have made in talkbacks after performances have been incorporated subsequently in the future development of the plays. Yeah, and I, I you know, I mean, you said that before. I, I, I love this aspect of this work, right? And I just, I had never really experienced it too much unless you're doing a devised speech, which was piece which was mostly academic right a device work there, there's not a lot of theaters out there doing device work so you get one piece every once in a while kind of situation I just mm-hmm. I I just think you know what does 21st century theater look like and I 
and and how does that mix with you know social media and facebook and it's like we're the live version of of this conversation right that it's mm-hmm. taking place building community in order to raise this art up it's mm-hmm. it's super cool it is it is cool and yeah and, and from our first season i don't know when we started you know we do we do produce plays that have maybe had some some rough readings but now we we early, don't we don't readings early readings, but we don't do, we don't do plays that have been produced. Uh, now we, we really do work on, on new scripts that have had minimal development in terms of, of, uh, of having it being staged or anything. And um, you're going to say? I was going to say, it depends because we get, you know, in our submission process, we get um, a really um, broad spectrum of, of playwrights and plays that come to us. And um, sometimes the playwrights quite advanced in their career and they've, and they've been working on something and they've had several readings of it, um, but it still hasn't been produced. And, and other times, and that's gonna happen this summer and um, one of our plays tips on raising my daughter is brand spanking new play. I mean, it is, it is a very early draft um, and uh, we are going to be the first to lay hands on it. So, I mean, it's, it, it, and that's part of, I think, the charm of Theater 33, too, for, especially for our audiences. They're seeing something that is just about finished, you know, um, and we're, you know, cr- helping the playwright cross the T's and dot the I's, and then something else that, that we've worked on might be going to have uh, several drafts before it's finished. And so, and our dramaturg will, if, if that's the case, you know, we, we, we look to produce plays that are kind of in the sweet spot. I call it the sweet spot. It's not fully developed because then it would just go to a company that does, that does uh, uh, plays that are finished. And that's not us. And, uh, and if a play is, is, is too underdeveloped, then that's not us either. So we're looking for a play kind of like in a sweet spot. Uh, so here's a question um, that we are constantly pondering and don't quite have the answer to. So it's not a question we know the answer to. And and I think there'll probably be three or four different questions. Um, what do we want to do with Theater 33? I mean, we're seven years old and yeah, COVID. Uh, COVID's brought us to a podcast world and, and, and like we get to spend this summer thinking about what does theater look like? in a live digital format, which is really interesting um, and definitely a new place, but I don't think a place that we're particularly interested in living forever. I mean, maybe we'll incorporate some of these techniques or things that we're learning over the summer into the future. But like, what do you, what do you two think, where do you want us to go? I mean, I know where I want to go or I know how I want to get there, I guess, but what about you two? Well, I think uh, honestly, our answers might be quite different, which, which is, interesting. Um, but I, I mean, we have the luxury and um, the fortune to be able to do our work on Willamette University's campus in the summertime. And it's a beautiful setting. It's perfect weather. And um, we have a lot of infrastructure there that I would love to see at some point plays going on at very different um, stages of development that, that maybe, you know, on Wednesday nights, we'll hear plays that that are having a first read through and and maybe they're on an outside space somewhere on the campus maybe you sit you you know set up a, a makeshift stage with music stands and we sit by the by the mill stream and listen to a play 
and then all the way up to the the festival plays and then maybe some sort of um fully produced play um i i i would love to feel like willamette university is hosting theater 33's playwright playwright a playwright festival of, of where people are coming in and maybe doing master classes in writing and and um high school aged um kids can do workshops in writing and and in devising and creating and so i i would love to see us spread our wings in different ways of course it's all about you know how much can we all do, accomplish you know in a summer but um if we could grow that that is how i would love to see us grow no i'm i'm very much on board with all of that. I would, all I would add, and I don't think there's any, any disagreement with this, is that um, I'd like to see Theater 33 become a regional festival where people travel and come to Salem uh, to experience all these uh, different uh, artistic venues from, from, from readings, like Susan says, on next to the creek to a, uh, to an almost full, uh, fully staged production, to a full stage production. And these, these events are going on in repertory so that um, if you come to Salem for three or four days, you can experience lots of different uh, um, um, performances. And, so I, and I, so I would like to see us be a regional theater, a destination festival uh, that attracts people from throughout the region. So I think we're all three in agreement. I guess what I would add to that is I want to do all of that and still maintain a, a program that's accessible to everyone and open to everyone. You know, I, I and and I want to do it differently. I think it's, you know, as much as I love going down to Oregon Shakespeare Festival or to New York to see shows or or even up to Portland in some cases to see shows, the ticket prices, which support the artists, right? I don't want to demean why the ticket prices are high. You know, the, the cost of doing business is right. quite high, but I, I love that, that we've been dedicated to and, and continue to seek ways in which we can offer theater while paying our artists and allow everyone who wants to come to the theater, come to the theater. And so I, that was the thing I would just add is like, I love all of those ideas. And I think there's just so many ways and not that it's like, yeah, you can go to the free in the park reading, but you're going to pay $150 for the main stage production. That's not what I mean. I mean, like if there's like continue to, to, to really dig in and find the ways in which we can get those who can support at higher levels doing that so that everyone can attend the theater. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a unique element of ours too. Is that um, we we don't charge and we pay everyone. So that's <laughs> early meeting, early board meetings. That was always a thing where the board member would say, "But we have no revenue." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I, I know. And that that's an economic <laughs> model that would, in in the regular business world, be a an absolute guaranteed failure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it goes against capitalism, right? Yeah. But or, it's it's been such that's been such a and Tom, you do a lot of this work, this a lot of the grant writing and 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 seeking sponsorships and things like that. Um it's it's been so valuable. I mean, I think we have audience that we wouldn't normally get. And and that can only grow, right? Mm -hmm. As as we become 
uh, well, think, as we I offer think, more things. Right. I think people are really kind. They're 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 very much into the the uniqueness of our mission, and and it and it goes all the way from an actor knowing that they're working on a role that's really never been performed before, in a in a in an almost fully produced way. So there's an originality and a newness to that. Mm-hmm. Audience come to our plays knowing that they're they're seeing a, a play produced to this level for the first time and participating in it. Designers are designing that way. We've already discussed all that sort of stuff. Um, and But there's also the input in uh, with local and regional people knowing that this, the plays they're seeing are, are, are kind of local regional playwrights. Yeah. And they're looking and they're, and they're being able to see new plays in an electric environment that, that are often teach them about history that they didn't know about or cultures, aspects of cultures, regional cultures that they weren't aware of and problems that people had in those cultures that they weren't aware of as well. And so it's, it's artistic, it's educational, it's historical, uh, and it's, and it's homegrown Northwest. Yeah. One of the, so just, you just reminded me of like one of my favorite experiences with theater 33 um, from that very perspective was Amanda transcending, which was a, a Eugene playwright who uh, could bring and, and really support this, like Amanda transcending had its own community at theater 33. It, yeah. it had our regular season subscribers or, or what we would call regular season subscribers when you don't have tickets or, you know, when you don't pay for a, a, a subscription pass. Um, but it also had so many new voices and so many new faces and, and so many new people participating in the process. Mm-hmm. And then to see them come back the next year in different circumstances, or even uh, we have a, we have a playwright who we I think produced in our third year um, who, who we see in the audience every single year, whether it's, whether we're doing that playwrights play or not. And right. I, and that person's not unusual, right? We're seeing, we're seeing this, this community of artists and, and who are, who are wanting and needing to build larger community. And then, um, you know, we're in this, the center of the Valley pretty much. And so it seems, it seems like we're getting folks, we're getting a broader reach than simply our Salem audience. And we have a very mm-hmm. rich and lovely Salem audience. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also lovely to see folks coming from you know, Eugene and Corvallis down from Portland over from central Oregon or, or wherever it is they're coming from. Uh, we've got folks that come down pretty regularly from Southern Washington too, which is just, it's so lovely to see that. Yeah. yeah. I've got a neat story about, uh, about uh, Southwest Washington. We're, we were doing the harder courage, which was the true story of the first man ever, ever hung uh, uh, in Cowlitz County. And it's a true story. And uh, the sheriff, um, who who hanged the man became friends with him, and the plays about the relationship of these two men, and so I played the sheriff, and uh, in the third performance I believe, um, after the play, after the talkbacks, a group, a large group of people came up and talked to me, and they were saying, oh well, we enjoyed it, et cetera, et cetera, and I said, well, where did you come from? So we came from Cowitz County. I go, well, well, how'd you hear about us? Well, this and that, and they go, well, we're the family. We're the family, the extended family of the sheriff. He was our great grandfather. The role you played. The role I played. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so here I was portraying 
this, this sheriff, this man, who was their great grandfather, who they probably never saw in, in person. And I was not only uh, you know, portraying this individual, but the, the circumstance that made him so famous, not only among his family, but among the, the people in the county. And that was, that, what, a, what a unique experience. Yeah, and it's such, I mean, that's that, that whole regional, like art, regional artists working in their regions to tell the stories of their regions, right? We don't get that right when we pull up, when we, when, even when we do Shakespeare, even though, like, I don't have anything against Shakespeare, um, but it's, it's a, and you can make Shakespeare but regional, it's more, right? But it's, it's more limiting in a way. Yeah. 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 It's, and that's been such a cool process too, I, right? The same thing with the forgiveness tree. Well, and also, you know, when you, with the forgiveness tree, yeah, the bombing of Japanese bombing of the Oregon coast, who right, knew that and that happened. Yeah. And folks were coming up from that area who were, in, you know, had lived that experience and, and watching it and, and, and who participating that, in yeah. a community mm -hmm. and telling, you know, and sharing their stories in the talkbacks, right? The talkbacks are for the playwrights. And it's sometimes a critique, but it, I, I find that those talkbacks are most often a community conversation about the experiences that Tom, you said that the, the playwrights change from there, but it's it's not always because you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. It's more like, oh, I had this experience too. And they start to weave these community experiences into their plays. It's kind of phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's cool. The other thing, you know, when you're doing only new plays, um, you have you have to think about marketing in a very different way because nothing is, you know, when you're building your season, it's like, well, our, we'll hang our hat on, on, uh, you my know, fair lady, my fair lady. Right. But there is no, my fair, I mean, or there's several, but nobody knows it. Right. Nobody knows it until, until they come and see it. And so really crafting that, that um, description of the play is important to to make it a significant story to bring people in and that 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 in itself is a a skill that that we're we're trying to develop which is yeah it's it's very difficult to market a brand new play um and that's one of the one of the obstacles in getting new work done is because uh, companies who will take a chance on a new play have a hard time marketing it why is the audience going to come see something that they've never heard of? They don't know anything about. Uh, they don't know if it has a track record. They don't know if it's good or not. I mean, plays that are published are published because they're good, because people have, uh, it's proven that people will go see that play. When it's a new play, brand new play, you're in, you're in a kind of a no man's land in, in, in that aspect. Even though you know the play is good, you've chosen it because it's good. But how do you get that across to people? And so I think that was a challenge for us, but now it's not so much a challenge because that's who we are and people know that's who we are. We produce brand new plays. And so there is a unique uh, interest uh, in that because that's who we are and that's what we do. So people seek us out often because that's an exciting aspect to a theater experience that they, that they enjoy. Uh, so again, it's a, it's a niche that, uh, that we've, uh, we've stumbled upon. So do you think that our audience have also kind of changed expectations about whether something's a good play or a bad play versus like this play, you know, like they're, they're much more a part of the process of this place is an early development. Um, it has great potential versus, oh, that plays really 
boy, whoosh, I don't know about that play kind of situation? Or do you think our, our audiences uh, are game to give it a try or what? I, I do think so. I mean, a couple of plays, though, that we've done that have been really excellent. And and we've had um, sometimes a little less turnout um, because they they thought it was a kid's play. Um, and one of them was a kid's pe- play. Squirrel Boy was a kid's play, but it was really lovely and wonderful and spoke to, to adults as well as children. Um, and, and the Lost Dog by our, our resident dramaturg, uh, Deb Vaughn, another play that really resonates with grownups. Um, there was one other play we did that people said, oh, I thought it was for kids, so I didn't go. What was that play? It was just recently. And um, we were like, oh, no. Oh, no, it, it wasn't for just kids. Was it Was it our Christmas show? Yeah, it was the Curiously <laughs> Wonderful Christmas Stories. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Everyone's a child at Christmas. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting that you say that, Rachel, because um, uh, in one way, um, if, if a play is, is new and it's in development, what are the expectations of the audience when they come see that, knowing that that's what they're going to experience? Do they, do they give it uh, a little bit of uh, leeway because of that? Uh, or, or do they put an extra critical cap on? And, and uh, I think that full spectrum is, is, is part of their uh, assessment, their appraisal. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I, I, my parents live in Salem. They moved here uh, in 2010 and, uh, you know, they're from the East coast and, and have seen a lot of theater their entire lives. And I don't think they're just telling me this because I'm working on the show. I mean, maybe, maybe they're telling me this because I'm working on the show, but you know, I, when I talk to my, my dad specifically, I think is a little bit better at articulating this. Um, he, he's, he's always talking about the risk, right? Like he loves to go to theater 33 and even, and he, he says this about Willamette university too, but in different ways. Right. But there's a risk, right. He loves going and seeing the, the risk of putting on new work, right. That it's not about whether it's good or bad. It's just that someone has taken a risk in, in this process. And then every, every person there is, is risking. It's not to say that you don't take risks in theater all the time. We always take risks in theater. But yeah. rather that as an audience member, like, you know, you're going to a theater, you know, you're going to a piece that's unknown, right? You can't right. prep for it. Right. And so there's a risk as an audience member. And so I think he no longer really describes that. And that's what made me ask the question is just like thinking about what we were talking about recently was he's like, he, he doesn't think of it as in terms of good or bad, but about development, right? And what's the potential and where could it possibly go from there? And you get to mm-hmm. to be a part of that process and in, involved in that process. And so it, it it's changing the, you know, in his mind, he, he'll, and he's much more articulate than I am about this, but like, he feels like Theater 33 is change, is in a very small way, changing the aesthetic of theater by focusing on new plays, right? Right. Because that was really you, interesting. If you're you know, you got your season ticket and you're going to go see as you like it. You have an, you have an expectation of that play. You know, it might be interesting. Let's see what OSF is going to do with it this time, but you're still going with this. Oh, this, the old story about Rosalind in Orlando. I mean, you're, you're going with that expectation and, and our, our audience has no expectation except to, to learn something new. But honest, but to be frank, um, we, we, we do um, 
you know, we, we do put effort into, into picking plays that, that are quality plays. Um, it's not like, uh, if, if we take a, if we take on a play that is, um, is not ready to be produced, um, that's, that's, I think that's going to hurt our brand. That's, 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 that's not going to, to help the whole, uh, idea of, of creating new work. I think, um, we do have a level of excellence that, that we do look for and, and a, a play for us to choose I, a play. It has, it has to, it has to, uh, it has to reach it has to go over certain hurdles i would say it differently though i mean we we are doing plays and have done plays that aren't ready to be produced um but they're good plays right the thing is they 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 have they have this this center this core and they're ready they're ready to be developed and i think that's a different thing we're not we're not doing plays that that aren't at that stage, but they're also compelling. And how do we form, create a season out of, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You open the, the submission process up and all these plays come in and you read them all. And I have a team of people reading and then we t talk about and, and, and then you go, okay, I've got all this feedback and I've read all these plays and how, how the heck do we make a season out of that? You know, cause that's the other element of it. Right. Um, and it always seems to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely was, I, I was going to say that, you know, as, as one of the members of the committee that reads the plays, um, there's been times where you're like, wow, this, the, the language is phenomenal in this play. Yeah. But I can't connect with the story. Can you connect with the story? Right. Is this, is this a story that is compelling? Um, not only just to our audiences, but to the artists who might be working on the show or whatever, because that's what we have to work with. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or, and sometimes, and, and most often I think the play, that that we might be in a position where the story is incredibly compelling and and it's like well there's not a lot of action yet right but the story is so compelling and right. and can we can we help can we help the playwright get to that next place right um and and so you know i yes there are badly written plays and i don't mean to not say that and and not i mean playwright good playwriting is 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 definitely an art and craft um more that we just seem to be looking at them so differently now too right if you were looking at theater you know willamette university theater we, we don't do a lot of new plays once in a while we do but not very often about every four years um so we start pulling plays and it's like they're done so they they have to be compelling and have the action and have good dialogue and you know right. and be written for our community and here we're like you're right Susan we have no idea what we're getting right yeah I wasn't I wasn't very articulate about it. I didn't mean produced ready to go full production no I didn't mean that I meant I meant we avoid poorly written plays <laughs> sure. that's what I meant <laughs> poorly written plays nobody's going to benefit from that <laughs> right right that's not to say that. We can only pick three plays each summer and we have lovely, lovely plays that we don't do. Um, so just in case our playwrights are listening out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's the, the conversations are, are rigorous and, 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 and thoughtful and generous when we get together after we've, we've gotten the play submissions because sometimes they are really wonderful. And it's, it's really hard to choose that one where you're like, wow, the language is just phenomenal mm -hmm. in this language. You know, like, like we were a little bit in that boat this year 
thinking yeah. about some of the plays, you know, and it's like, this, this is an extremely well-written play. I just don't know if, if this is a play for our community or our audience. Right. Right. right, um, right. And, and so it's like, do you give that, do you give that the shot or do you give the shot to the person that, you know, and, and so that they can make those adjustments um, or do you give the shot to the person where it's like an incredibly compelling story and working with our team might support, you know, develop the the action or the dialogue differently. Right. And there's also that we're limited in our, in our space to do some of the things that plays require. Yeah. And um, although, you know, who, who, who would have thought that we could, um, do a musical and yet and yet we right. have well and and i think there was a, a a a play that was on the short list um that you were really concerned about the tech and then um was our, that the drones with the drones yeah with the drones yeah. and then and then rob vaughn and uh, our scenic des- resident scenic designer and myself got together and we're like we could do this we can do this. They're not going to fly like real drones because the space is too not not really set up for that. But, but we can we can do enough, right? You're gonna poke an eye out. You're gonna poke an eye out. Uh, so yeah, it, and that's been fun too, right? To to, to talk yeah. with playwrights about those kinds of things. It's like you want to do a play in a theater with a drone, right? Right. This is this is a really interesting challenge. So right. what does the drone what's the purpose, right? Like why do we need it? And so I, it's cool from cuz again, I'm just going to go back from the design perspective. It makes us reevaluate wh- how we were prioritizing. At least it has for me. Mm-hmm. How I how how I prioritize a text um or even analyze the text changes when the playwrights in the room and is reworking and responding off of the actors as characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're all a little different how they work. It's, it's just like any artist, right? Some won't give any notes um, to anyone but the dramaturg. Sometimes they want to talk directly to the actors sometimes. And it's such an open, uh, open space for any way you want to work mm. to work because um Who's to say, you know, the director, as you said earlier, Rachel, that, that we're not working from the, the director's um, vision. Um, the director really is there as, as a, how, do, how, how can I help you communicate your play to these actors? And when there's questions, there's always the heads turning, you know, to say, is this the intention? You know, always asking questions. That's what we do in rehearsal. We're constantly asking questions to make sure that we're playing the play. Yeah, and because, because it's, it's, it's new, and uh, and um, because it's new, I think it inspires a, a, a heightened creative, uh, um, heightened creativity. Yeah. Uh, to problem solve and how do we do this? I guess uh, I yeah. I mean, that, Tom, that's such a great way to articulate that. That's what I've been trying to say. I think probably from the very beginning. Right. It just mm-hmm. changes, and boy, do we have fun. We do, too, right? We do have fun. We have you good know, parties as well. <laughs> yeah, good parties. That theater thirty three. We we throw good parties. Uh, no, but I, I, you know, it's just been a blast these last seven years to to do this work, which I think is so important to our communities and and to developing Northwest artists and 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 giving a home for Northwest artists to work and be paid. I mean, maybe not as much as we would like, and we're still building that part of our you know, company, but 
it's it's just been a pleasure. So I re- I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate that that we that we were able to get together and do this. Yeah, thank you too. Thank you both, actually, because <laughs> I couldn't do it by myself. <laughs> oh no, I'm. It's gonna all get modeled in there, and it's. No, it's been a blast. No, it's and and. No, it has. Uh, it's it's. This and is, I, I can't our, wait to see it grow too. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is our baby. You know, this is our baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to watch uh, to watch it grow year by year, and uh, become you know, a little stronger, a little, little bit more viable every year and to see it gain in, you know, a little bit more notoriety and, and have people appreciate it a little more every year. It's, uh, it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah. And I, I, I think our first reading this year was really testament to that. Oh, yeah. In that, you know, we had 61 folks pop on on Zoom. Mm-hmm. 63. Um, 63. <laughs> but okay. who's counting? <laughs> who's, who's counting that? Um, you know, we, that I hadn't anticipated that for the, for our first one um, with very fast publicity and marketing and, and down and dirty and mostly just using like Facebook and, and Twitter yeah. uh, as our marketing, right. We didn't even get it out in more traditional ways. And I, I think, I think we're going to learn a lot this summer and, mm-hmm. and have a good time doing it. And, you know, it's and also keep kind some of, a, of those connections. Exactly. And it's kind of amazing if you think about it, that we can even do anything this summer, that we're a stable enough company with a stable enough yeah. group of artists and community members to, to really be able to, to, to pull this off is, well, is kind of amazing. I think, I think it's also a testament to our flexibility and, uh, and the talent of, of, uh, you know, per, per professionals, who who uh, who make up our group and work with us to be able to you know just say okay, COVID's canceled at our season. What are we going to do? Okay, well let's do uh, let's do podcasts. Let's do Zoom performances. Let's and and to and to put all of this together with uh, with you know with being able to get some good equipment. It, it just it's a it's the flexibility is remarkable and uh, the talent to to do. Uh, diverse performances like this uh, just are a testament to the depth of uh, of skills that that a lot of people who are working with us has. And I, yeah, I would add generosity too. Our playwrights are mm-hmm. incredibly generous this summer, giving mm-hmm. us time, um, and, and hopefully, will be it'll be mutually beneficial. Um, and then moving into next season will be is 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 super exciting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's great because. All these plays we're doing uh, this summer, we're going to repeat next in 2021 next summer, and we're going to be have all this time to work on them, develop them, um, and so uh, our 2021 season should be pretty spectacular. Yeah, and Susan, uh, maybe maybe we could just talk a little bit about how that repetition is happening. Like, what's going to happen this summer with the plays, and why should we pay attention to this summer and next summer? So this summer, um, the the teams I'm calling them teams because we're we can't even be in the same rehearsal space. But we're um, we're working on the plays for four rehearsals, and giving and each playwright has a different focus on what what it is that they want. And and this the first of the three by thirty three is Dorothy's Dictionary by E. M. Lewis, 
And what she really wants to do with that play is to to make it a, a full length a full length piece, and it's now a one act. So I imagine the development for that is going to be a lot. Um, it may not how it develops into into a full length piece may not be realized by our Wednesday performance, but it will be on the road to where you know how she it'll be on the road to how she knows she wants to expand it, right? And possibly maybe revisit with the actors that are playing that just because it's Zoom, we can easily put them back together and have them do some further readings with her. Um, so that play probably might change a lot when you see it next summer. Um, the play that's, that feels the most complete is, is our July play, Windberry Creek by Rachel Carnes. And it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's, it's close to being done. So that, that will just be what you'll hear. You'll hear the play, but then you'll be able to really see the play um, with uh, the three fabulous actors that we have doing that play this year. And then our final play is, is really brand new. Very, very, uh, a young playwright, uh, young, young to playwriting, I should say, but not young to writing and um, a an alum of the Willamette Theater Program, Laura Wheatman Hill. And her play will probably go through a lot of development before next summer. That's my goal in um, working on it this summer. And uh, between the dramaturg, who is the lovely Nora Douglas, who's one of our playwrights, um, she's you know a really good uh, fit for Laura. So I think that we're gonna see a lot of changes there. So it's not like, oh, I've, I've heard the play already. I don't want to go see it next season. I think you're going to see a, a, a different kind of development, right? Sometimes we just do, we do the last um, staged script in hand performance of something before it goes to a full production somewhere else. And this time you're going to see the beginnings of the development, and then you're going to see a final product of some sort next summer. Thanks for sharing that. That it it sounds like it's going to be exciting, particularly the uh, move from the one act to a full length play. That's that's quite a feat. Yes. And yes. and for those uh, for you folks out there who have never actually seen one of our productions before, um, yeah, actors do carry the scripts, but we have been told by scores and scores of audience members that those scripts just kind of disappear. They really don't see them. The actors don't refer to them very much. And uh, um, the, the compelling story, the production values, um, all of the attention is basically on, on the play that's going on. And those scripts, as I say, they don't, uh, audience members say they don't, they don't, they hardly see them. They hardly see them. And they're in your hand because the play just got changed the night before. Right. <laughs> well, three nights before. We do have a deadline. Two nights before final dress is the last changes that can be made. But that still doesn't give. I mean, you know, in uh, in soap operas, you you've got to you've got to memorize everything the night before or even that morning. Uh, we give actors two or three days, but still, that's uh, that's asking a lot. In soap operas, they can say cut as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, cool. Thanks for getting together with me and talking about and reminiscing. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you both. Thank you, guys. See you at the theater. Bye.